0: Welcome back to Raiders of the Lost Arts. Welcome back this week. I'm Kay. I'm Craig. And uh, this week we're gonna be talking comfort movies.
1: Comfort films.
0: Um, I don't you've probably seen it was like a prop uh it was a uh popular tweet format like maybe two weeks ago. Um, like this film radiates comfort. Yeah. Um and some of them I was like yes and some of them i was like get help if that radiates comfort for you but like you know we all their own yeah
1: it's all relative right it's all relative to the human experience and our own experiences so what might comfort one might um disturb deeply another
0: (laughs) that's for sure um so we're gonna be talking not like our top five comfort movies because like that's that's difficult it's difficult it's more like challenging so we're gonna just break it down by like a certain type of comfort yeah
1: kay did us the biggest favor and she categorized like little five different categories categories um which i think are fun and helpful and like now i'm excited because i'm i want to see like you know i want to hear back from the besties like if they were to place their comfort category, um, comfort films in these categories, what they would, like, choose. Yeah, there's some overlap, I'm That's sure, what I was but... going to say. I'm like, as I was, like, making these, um, I was like, wait, but this can go into this category. Yeah. I actually did FaceTime K last night, and I had a legitimate question. I was like, listen, actually, no, wait, I don't want to spoil the yeah, category. Yeah, don't
0: spoil it. We'll, so, when we get to when it. When we get to
1: yeah. it, I'll talk about it.
0: Um, also, I wanted to choose ones that weren't my favorite movies because oftentimes your favorite movies can be Comfort. Repetitive films like that well they can just be yeah they can be comforting to you but i want to choose ones that aren't necessarily my favorite movies of all time Mm. but that are very comforting to me one of them is one of my favorite movies but
1: Uh, yeah probably um such as it is so to start things off
0: we'll do a little by the time you're here by the time you're hearing this yeah because this past Weekend was a big weekend for movies. Um, yeah, it was the Oscars
1: Oscars. Um, I don't even know if we have to like talk about that But l- maybe like what has come about because of the Oscars maybe some commercials yeah. Maybe some new new media. We're gonna be presented with in the near future
0: Well, there was the West Side Story trailer. Yes with miss Rachel Zegler. That, that, that was the.
1: it was considered like a teaser trailer correct? Yeah, yes. there was
0: no like dialogue I don't mm-hmm. think it was just like a bunch of little clips Altogether,
1: I definitely watched it in full. I definitely did not retain a majority of it.
0: I saw, I think I rewatched it like two or three times
1: because when I was like in the, I was trying to multitask while watching it. So I, like I said, it didn't all click in my brain. But what I did see, also, uh, like obviously, Rachel, we love you.
0: We love Rachel.
1: She's iconic. She's not only is like she so funny. But she's just so damn talented. It's it's, yeah. it's actually frightening.
0: I hate when people have it all.
1: She has it all. She's beautiful. She's funny. She's talented. She's young. She's smart. She's everything.
0: She is everything. She, she is the moment. She
1: is the moment. She's ah, wrapped up now. into everything. Um. Um. Okay, so
0: the big thing that happened was they switched the order of the category. So usually with... Um, Best picture, they do that category last because it's, you know, the big award of the night. And they put it third to last um, before best actor and actress. Yeah. So this led the viewers to think oh, okay, because Chadwick Boseman is uh, nominated and probably going to win best actor, that's why they're putting that category last because so they can do a little tribute to him. Okay, that makes sense. And so they get to best actor after Frances mcdormand wins best actress which was like still a little bit surprising because i think some people didn't think she was gonna i didn't think she was gonna i didn't either honestly i thought it was gonna be like viola davis honestly
1: um yeah viola davis for sure like some of the other like i thought obviously everyone was so deserving within the category Mm -hmm. um i didn't i didn't like i think Frances mcdormand is phenomenal of course but i didn't think she was gonna win either yeah i was a little surprised
0: um, but the big thing was that so they get to best actor, and Chadwick Boseman does not win. The people who I thought would maybe win, I was like, oh, maybe Riz Ahmed would win.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, no, Anthony Hopkins wins for the father, and no, that's not saying like he was bad in that role. Like he was really great in that role. He's Anthony freaking Hopkins. But
1: didn't he just do a last sit in in a chair? No. <laughs> Now, what movie am I thinking of that they You're were thinking of Mank? Yes, <laughs> Gary Oldman they... and Mank. Yes, when they were making <laughs> just sitting <laughs> yeah, when the, the meme was like, Oh, because they won best cinematography. Cinematography, yes. <laughs> and, and, and Trent was like,
0: This motherfucker just sitting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, anyway, but so Anthony Hopkins wasn't even there to give a speech and they didn't let him zoom in like oh. to like thank everybody over like a camera or anything like that. So
1: they were what just like, oh. a of an ending.
0: And we accepted on his behalf. Good night. I was like, what? It was so messed up. I don't know. I mean, because the, the accountants who, like, they're the only ones who know who's won. I feel like they they can't tell them, like, don't switch around the categories because this thing that you're thinking is going to happen isn't going to happen yeah but like i feel like they maybe could have broken with tradition just to say hey i know that you're switching the categories because you think chadwick is going to get it but he's not and it's going to look really bad if
1: maybe they weren't able to predict that like the audience's well, reaction
0: but like it, it was just like how did you think this was going to turn out good if you know the result i don't know it was just really awkward, and they the Oscars ultimately, like, profited a bit off of Chadwick Boseman and made a lot of the ceremony about him and then, like, didn't do anything for him. No tribute. They fruck. They frucked.
1: They forgot. They,
0: they zoomed through the in memoriam. Did you see how fast it was? Yes,
1: and they forgot a few people. That's what I was about to bring up.
0: But, like, they had time for that trivia game? I don't understand.
1: Um... What's her name from Arrested Development, who passed away recently? Yeah. Wasn't featured, and neither was Naya Rivera. And there was actually a lot of upheaval about both actresses.
0: Well, I, maybe because they're technically like TV, but that's not true.
1: Yeah, that's not true. Yeah. Um, and also, it's like, you know, the Academy is celebrating people of all, like within the film industry, so, which they were both a big part of. Um, so it, it's just, I think, the the essence of like showing respect um and clearly like there was just like a lack of a lot of stuff a, lot, a lack of a lot of formality and just it was, it was messy like it the, was like very, said, messy. very messy um
0: that and Tyler Perry's whole thing which it was just like ugh.
1: and then also like i don't know like just some of like the awards and like who won i was just like okay
0: mm. i i was Quite pleased with
1: most of the awards. I guess I don't know. It wasn't like this was not my my year to shine. Mank won a lot,
0: maybe too many. Minari, which I've heard, I is now the actual pronunciation. I was pr- pronouncing it Minari. Minari. That's not how it's pronounced. It's Minari. Minari. It's Minari, I think. Okay, I um, didn't know that. Thank you for yeah. and like a bunch of the people from the movie and other. Actors and actors were pr- pronouncing that way, and then Joaquin Phoenix at the end goes Minari, and I'm like, did nobody
1: tell him? Um, Honestly, I was surprised that didn't win p- Best Picture. Again, I didn't see most of the film. No, I'm
0: not surprised that it didn't win Best Picture, but I'm surprised that it didn't win more. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm not surprised. They were like, well, we did the whole Asian thing last year with Parasite. We don't have to do it again. Like, And Chloe Zhao is like, I was about to say, Chinese, she won Best Director,
1: but- Yeah. They're uh, like, look, we did it. <laughs> we did. We um, we did the bare minimum.
0: Now here are two white people for best actor and actress after having two non-white actor and actresses best- when a uh, best supporting.
1: Also, like, read the room. Like everything that's happened this past year. What do you mean? I don't know. Uh, just in terms of like privilege and stuff.
0: Oh yeah, and they were like, you know, we've all felt the effects, even us in our private homes and stuff i'm like of what i i don't know about that so like we, we've had hardships this year because of the pandemic i'm like yes but you were what you had to take off a few months from filming and you can why you had to
1: give up a couple thousand dollars a couple hundred thousand dollars that like you're that mean nothing to you yeah um, like get real <laughs> like what i'm saying is like they're white and privileged like they, well obviously, not all of them
0: are white but yeah they're th- all money privilege well,
1: like, over us to be, to an extent. Yeah, no, I was saying like specific like specific winners are white and privileged. Yeah. Um obviously others aren't and that's like the whole point I'm making with like in like the height of like just the movements we've seen this past year and I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, um uh, what I just wanted to add to the quick um update about um by the time you're hearing this Did you see the trailer for the new Hulu series starring Nicole Kidman?
0: No. I saw a tweet that said one thing about Nicole Kidman is that she's going to be in the screen adaptation of that book you saw on
1: Target. So true. Um, So basically the same writer who wrote Big Little Lies, she has another book called Nine Strangers and that is the Mm. exact title adaptation of the Hulu series. Uh, There's a lot of great people going to be in this series. Um obviously Nicole Kidman stars in it. Melissa McCarthy's going to be in it. Uh, Regina Hall, Samara Weaving, like a lot of
0: it sounds like something I'm probably not going to watch, honestly.
1: I am just very intrigued. Well, also, I loved Big Little Lies. I um, never watched it. No it's girl. so good. Um and it just it seems so basically it takes place at like this wellness retreat Mm -hmm. and nicole kidman runs it and she's like this health guru and she's basically transforming these people's lives um for like various reasons and it looks like a like kind of psychological thriller-esque type uh series and i'm just kind of really fascinated by it because I, i again like i that like that world almost again it's that idea of like privilege that to like be a part of something like that, um, and I'm ready for them to like turn it on its head and like make something interesting out of it. And then again, it's Nicole Kidman; she can't, she can't do no wrong. She's
0: the master of just like looking and thinking.
1: She, she's the master of playing just like, I,
0: like women who have weird American accents.
1: That and just like very eclectic lives.
0: Yeah. She's great at a slice of life. She she loves a slice of life. She really
1: does.
0: (laughs) All right, so moving into the main segment, we don't have any research because, like, the fuck are we gonna research for movies? We're
1: gonna do a um full research. I can't even. My brain's not working. Of the etymology of both the words comfort and the word movie. No,
0: no. So, do you want to go first? Am I gonna go
1: first? You can go first.
0: Okay, so the first category is a comfort sequel because mm-hmm. sometimes the world that is made in the first one um, is expanded on, and so you can find greater comfort in the extended world. This let's, isn't the case with mine, but... Let's be
1: real. Sometimes the sequels are better. That's true. That's not the case with mine. Interesting. Okay. It,
0: most people hate this movie. <laughs> um, I really like it.
1: Why do I... What? I'm d- I'll wait till you say it. I don't then, think you're going to guess it. And then I'll say what I think you are going to say and okay. you're just going to laugh. So my
0: comfort sequel is Dirty Dancing Havana Nights from 2004, directed mm-hmm. by Guy Furland. Interesting. What did you think it was going
1: to be? I thought it was going to be one of the Trolls films. <laughs>
0: No, they do not bring
1: me comfort. But like, didn't you go through like this phase recently with the trolls? I just films? wanted
0: to watch the trolls movies to see what they were about, but and then I did, and I like. You enjoyed. I correct? the first one I enjoyed a little less. The second one actually was better. Sequels w- are better. I, w- sometimes. I won't lie. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just I couldn't get over in the first one Because singing killed my grandma. Okay. That's an Oscar-winning line right there. <laughs> that really is. I don't think trolls won. <laughs> for I don't think they were even people.
1: nominated.
0: No, I think they were. I don't know.
1: I would look into it. I think it was someone Someone must fact-check that. Um,
0: so, this... A lot of people think this is an awful movie. And maybe it is. But yeah. not to me. Is it
1: like the equivalent of Grease 2?
0: No, because they're different. This is, like, totally new characters.
1: Well, um, same with Grease 2. Oh, is it? Yeah.
0: I haven't watched Grease 2 in a very long time.
1: What's her face is in it?
0: Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: I don't really care that people think it's bad, because I love it, and it brings me comfort. Um, it's familiar yet new. It takes place in Cuba, in, like, Havana, obviously. Um, around... I think when, like, the Cuban... Um,
1: Missile crisis? No, no, no. Oh.
0: <laughs> when, uh, before everybody fled, um, right when, like, all the white people were coming in and, like, building nightclubs.
1: Imperialism.
0: And, yeah, it's definitely got an imperialist lens of Cuba, where it exotifies their culture a little bit, and, like, it's just like, oh, look at it, it's all new, it's, like, so As different than Americans, white. and it's like, What?
1: Is the director white?
0: Uh, I don't know. His name's Guy, so probably. Probably, but
1: again, we don't want to make assumptions.
0: That's a British-ass white name.
1: I oh, think he's. White. I will look into it. What's his name? Um,
0: I really love Diego Luna, and Romola Garai together in this movie. I, I think Romola is a pretty underrated actress. She's like not that in that much, and not a lot of people talk about her. But I really like her, and of course Diego Luna is. He's so hot in this role. I.
1: Do you want to see what Guy Furland looks like?
0: Comfort twink. Um, let me see.
1: It looks like someone who should have not been directing <laughs> Dirty Dancing. No, let H- me see. For Nights, that's for sure.
0: <laughs> hmm. It looks like
1: you're someone's geni- weird dad. Yeah, like your genetic... Like,
0: he's wearing the-, the gray t-shirt and plaid... Uh, Pants and he's, shorts. he's in the kitchen at night. You get up to use the bathroom and you just have to stare at him. He's like, Hey, kiddo, hey kiddo. And you're like, Where's your bathroom? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, he body? just looks
1: like your generic middle aged white dad,
0: receding hairline. Yeah, yeah, anyway. Um, anyway, the two leads have really good chemistry. Uh, and again, there's some weird nonsense in here that exotifies Latin culture, but if you look past that a lot to enjoy it brings me a lot of comfort um as well as the original one um i love dirty dancing um so i mean i'm gonna stand by it it, it brings me comfort and that's my comfort sequel.
1: i mean i can't not stand by it for you if it brings you comfort it brings you comfort yeah and that's, that's all like that
0: you can't say someone's wrong for this yeah no it's just like it's
1: subjective baby it is I've been objective before
0: with these rankings, but not this one.
1: Well I'm just curious, why did you get this film on Letterboxd?
0: Um, let me see. As I have a list of all of my comfort, comfort movies. Poems. I called it Radiates Comfort, if you want to check that one out. Mm, I, I think I gave it three and a, yeah, I gave it three and a half stars. Okay. All right. Alright, so you wanna do your Yeah. yeah
1: okay. there, uh, there are so many just awkward pauses between you and I in this episode so far. We're just I'm like,
0: like so out of it.
1: Yeah. Kay and I are really tired today and we said that to each other before we even started. So I literally right. walked through the door and I'm just like, It's been it's been one of those days.
0: I had like just woken up from a nap. It's yeah. Um
1: so my sequel, it's a film I really love and I don't know if, I, don't, I honestly don't know the critique of this film by people who, like, watch it. Like, I honestly don't know. If they hate it, then they're just wrong. It, right. it is, in my opinion, this is where I apply that line I said before. Sometimes the sequel is better than the original. Wow. Um, I chose Gremlins 2.
0: Okay. Again, been a very long time since I seen. So
1: it. anyone who like knows me very well knows that like I have this like healthy unhealthy unhealthy obsession with gremlins mm-hmm. um ever since I was a kid.
0: Yeah, when you made us all do the, the speech from it.
1: Mm. At the beginning of the the pan Oh yeah, that's so right. You reached so, out to me and I was like what So does the he want? yes, <laughs> the besties at home must know um you know in in lieu of other people on twitter it was they um inspired by other accounts who kind of everyone at the beginning of the pandemic collaborated to make like funny
0: well it was making fun of the whole imagine thing by all those yeah so
1: um people were doing like scenes of dialogues from film um i forget the the guy's name on twitter i follow him oh i think it's like austin harris i think that's his name Mm -hmm. um did this scene did the um scene with tony Collette? from hereditary mm-hmm. um and it was just so funny and i'm just like you know like i feel like my friends and i can like maybe not do the same thing but let, let's 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 find something funny so of course we did the dialogue from the first film with um why am i blanking on the names of the characters I don't care. um billy's girlfriend uh Crystal phoebe cates <laughs> is the actress um she gives the it's so morbid too. This is supposed to be a kids film. Like technically, these films are like listed as like
0: they're not though. They're not. They're like kids horror. They yeah. Uh, that is a very underrated genre that I think yeah we should bring back. We I should think kids need more horror movies.
1: Yeah, they don't see enough scariness in the world. That's we true. need to terrify them. Yeah. Anyway, she gives this m- monologue about how her father died on Christmas and basically got like roasted in the chimney. Very morbid, but also very funny. It was hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, I <laughs> think it, it it really is. It really, it is really and like honestly, Phoebe Cates your deliverance of that in the first film, pure genius. I I applaud you. Anyway, the sequel is so fun because like the stakes are just so much bigger. Like it's one of those films where I think um the director Joe Dante was just sitting in the room. He's like, "All right, let's make the stakes bigger this time." Like they're in New York City. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so the they want to take Manhattan. They <laughs> Literally, they literally take Manhattan, and that like becomes such a gag throughout the whole film. Like once, um, once they like multiply and there's like a million of them, and they contain them in the office building in which Billy works in. Like a bunch of them are like they get all dressed up and they throw basically their own New York party, and they're singing "New York, New York," iconic. It's so it's so fun too that film because like. Um, I'm forgetting the name of, like, the building because it's, like, a corporation. But there's all all these different, like, facets of the company. So you get to see that through this film. And there's, like, all different floors with, like, different businesses. Um, And it's so... So the film was created... Created? It was made in... uh, It was released in 1990. Such a 90s film. Like, you watch it and, like, everything about it, like, the technology and everything. um, It screams 90s. It's nostalgic it's got those little jump scares it's got humor they literally like i want to know who was in the writer's room when they said okay how can we make the gremlins more like how can we up these stakes i was just talking about before they're like let's make one of them into a freaking bat and they all just looked at him he's like not nah, like l- hear me out this
0: let's- guy was like off of a
1: line of yeah it's like one of them's a bat literally <laughs> so he gets injected in the laboratory and tries to fly out and attacks people on the streets in new york as that a bat sick. that is just sickening sick and twisted sick and twisted it's a fantastic film also joe dante some of his other work it's just all over the place we so did both gremlin films he was the director of i can't believe it didn't make this list but it's it lives in my head, rent-free. Looney Tunes back in action.
0: I was just for Brendan Fraser that movie earlier today. Um, I don't know why. I it actually was. read a little
1: article about it the other day. It um created that th- I was reading an article about films that like created bankruptcy for their companies, oh. and that was one of the films. Well, I don't know why it flopped so hard. It. Made I mean, points. I could see why, but <laughs> uh, also he directed the original Piranha. Which, if you have not seen it, I highly oh. recommend. It's entertaining.
0: I'm sure. I'm sure it is. It, it
1: really is. So yeah, that's my spiel on Gremlins too. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's, it's cinema. That's great. I'll probably go watch it tonight because I haven't watched oh it in God. a while.
0: Um. So the next category is childhood comfort movie, A.K.A. one that is either from your childhood. Or was a comfort movie for you in your childhood? Um, there's some, there's some uh, leeway mm-hmm, with this one for sure. Um, so for this one, I put a movie that I don't know. I assumed that everyone had seen, but it's mixed when I ask people if they've seen it or not. It was a big part of my childhood. But imagine we picked the same else, movie. I don't know. I guess we'll see. And it's Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. No, um, we did not from 1968 directed by Ken Hughes starring Dick Van Dyke. Um so he's fresh off of uh Mary Poppins. Yeah, he is. I think that was that came out 65, 66 maybe. Um he he looks great, Dick Van Dyke. Plays a dad in this, which is a single dad no less. Come on now.
1: The director knew exactly what he was doing. The casting doing.
0: director was like, this is a hit. Yeah. We just created history. Um
1: <laughs> I mean, they did.
0: This movie is truly scrumptious. Yeah, that's one of the the songs, and isn't that well? Her name's Truly, mm-hmm. the the female lead, um, who I haven't like seen in anything else. I was just like, I was always so mad as a kid that she wasn't Julie Andrews. <laughs> I was like, what? Um,
1: You're like, you mean Julie Andrews isn't in every film? Are with you Dick kidding Van Dyke? me?
0: What is this? <laughs> um, this felt like the longest movie in the world to me as a kid. And it is long. It's 144 minutes. Anything over like 120 minutes for a kid is they're taking a nap in between.
1: Yeah, that's like what? Two hours, 20 minutes? A little bit more. Yeah, something yeah. like
0: that. Um, And like I knew this movie was long because there was a goddamn intermission. Like mm. we at the theater back in the day. They would get up and Used the bathroom. Amazing! And
1: stuff. It's like um, I think of it's so stupid. I always think of automatically um Titanic because back in the day it was sold in two. Yeah, uh, VCR, we have the two uh, v- uh two different VHS tapes. tapes. I was TCR. like, why
0: is why are there two tapes? And yeah, my mom was like, it's that long. And I was like, that's horrifying. That's basically
1: your that. intermission.
0: Yeah, um, but. It made it a fun way to, like, spend a rainy afternoon because it was so long. It's like, oh, we got time to kill because we're not going to go outside and play. Let's watch Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Um, I used to get lost in this world. Like, even the rundown house the pots live in enticed all my senses as a child with the little machine that he makes for the breakfast and all that.
1: It's early Hollywood musical escapism at its finest.
0: It's a lot of fun. Um i remember this film so well and everything about it is like comfort to me from like the candy factory scene to the whole ordeal at the fair with the machine going wrong and then he's in the dance number with the the old bamboo that's really fun um all the way to like the flight to the baron's kingdom i forget what it's called um and the performance of the living dolls which was kind of creepy but also like really cool Um, And then there's, like, the whole underground dungeon with all the children. Damn. Um, That all being said, the Child Catcher scared the shit out of me. Oh, my God. Horrifying.
1: Just say that name again.
0: Child Catcher?
1: Child Catcher.
0: Yeah, this was... Okay, first of all, I think he was Jewish-coded, which is not great. But there was this character who he'd come out and he'd come, which is weird because it reminded me of the Jewish people hiding during the Holocaust. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, hide in your house. Hide under the, f- we're going to hide the children underneath the floor because they're being rounded up. Like, Um, and this character he came, he had a giant net. He had this little, like, carriage thing that looked like it was a puppet thing. I don't know. It was weird. And he'd be like, where are your children? Where are you? And he. Of to, course like, you were scared
1: of out. him. I mean, it's literally... He was scary. It's not only that, but it's in the name, Child Catcher. Yeah, like he's going to take you That's away. That's very predatory. <sighs> um, that Did your parents use that as a threat? Like if you ever acted up like they're going to call the Child Catcher on you? No. That would have been a smart move, honestly. That would have been. On their part.
0: I guess I didn't know I was that scared. Um, whether or not this is an objectively good movie or not, because I've seen some critic reviews and I'm like, it's bad. I don't care. I have so much nostalgia for it that it's, like, always going to be, um, like, an important movie from my childhood that just is so comforting to me. I can just, like, sit back, relax, and, like, fold deep into the And movie. turn your brain off. Really?
1: Yeah. Because there is some That's dumb the, shit in there. That <laughs> is, like, the best part about, like, certain film where you're just, like, you know, obviously you want it to be, like, stimulating and engaging and progressive or critically thinking but there's sometimes you just want to literally turn your whole brain off and just sit there and like immerse yourself into cinema and just throw your head down be like yes mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. cinema cinema. Yeah, so that's my my childhood comfort movie
1: that's a fun one I it was something DC I wasn't movie. expecting and
0: I, I tried to choose ones that no one would expect from me
1: yeah um, a, a few of mine on my list I guess you won't uh, the other ones are just very obvious because it's just you know it's who I am um, so, my childhood uh, comfort film, um, you know, it's hard because it actually is one of my favorite films of all time, mm-hmm. but I'm like, you know, it definitely fits into this car- category of childhood. It goes beyond childhood. Like like I said, it's still one of my favorite films, but um, it definitely fits the niche. I chose, of course, the cult classic, The Wizard of Oz.
0: I, that's not even a cult classic. It's just, just a classic. Classic classic. It's
1: just a classic classic.
0: Uh, what nine- do you think classic Hollywood movie? That's the Wizard of Oz, one of the most
1: popular. Yeah, 1939, director Victor Fleming. Mm-hmm. Um, what like what's what can I even say about The Wizard of Oz? I, it's so yeah. formative. Um, of course, as a child, I was scared of the Wicked Witch of the West. She was I terrifying. wasn't that
0: scared of her. I was scared of her guards and the monkeys.
1: That makes sense. I mean, I wasn't scared of her to the point where I wouldn't watch the film because I was obsessed with it as a kid. I would continually watch it, but like she was just scary to me. She it, it is didn't scary. it didn't deter me from the film. I mm-hmm. kept watching avidly. Um and
0: honestly um the the wizard scared me.
1: When yeah. When like
0: being scary.
1: Um I think he was scary when he was re- revealed to be this balding white man. <laughs> honestly.
0: Yeah. I used to also my um my neighbors they had a set like a play set <gasps> thing
1: Stop! Stop 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 stop. Are you talking about the Polly Pocket playset? No, it
0: wasn't Polly Pocket.
1: Well, I'm about to go into my playset, but go on. Well,
0: it was, and it was of like the wizard's like throne room, and you know that like backdrop that he has behind yes. it with like the ridges. Mm-hmm. It looked like a ridges potato chip. Did and you try to eat it? S- no. Wow. But whenever I would think of ridges potato chips, I'd think of the Wizard of Oz. Isn't that a weird correlation? I um, have now in what my is my that
1: called when you connect like, like con- conditioning? Kind of, but like not the word. I feel there's like definitely a specific term for um that I forget what it's called. Yeah, I don't know. It is interesting. So you looking at me like no it was not Polly Pocket. Well, bitch, it should have been in Polly Pocket. You know why? Sorry, we were poor. We was weren't. Polly Pocket for rich people?
0: I don't know. Is it? I, I had know. I had that a uh, holiday set, like the skiing set. That shit was. Incredible. Well,
1: listen, I don't know much about Polly Pocket because her you dresses know, tasted fantastic. <laughs> gr- growing up as a a young boy in a you know traditional America setting where boys should not be playing with Polly Pocket I got away with this one because it was Wizard of Oz Um, but it was great because it was the whole freaking play set was like the entire land of like the whole movie of Mm -hmm. Oz like you had like the like Witch's Castle you got Emerald City you you got Munchkin Land and they had like little like um, pulleys and like levers Mm -hmm. and buttons
0: is it where it would like open up and you'd close it then too yes yeah I definitely saw it. You know, I don't know if I had it, but I think someone maybe at, at someone could someone have had, had it. it at their house. Um,
1: and I would play with it every like when I say every single day, every single day. Yeah. And I'd come up with my own adventures. Um, and the, I think my favorite part of like the button things, there was two of them. So for um one of them, you would press this button and it would open and close Glinda's bubble, and you can put her in and out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other one, it was a trap door. That one was really fun in the witch's castle where you would place her on this certain, like, stand, and you'd, you'd press down, and she'd fall down into the trap door, and then it looked like she melted.
0: I think they had that in the set that I played with. It wasn't Polly Pocket, though. Okay. I don't know what set it was, but I know a lot of people had them. Because mm-hmm. I saw, like, a TikTok post about it, and I was like, oh, my God, it, like, jogged my memory. It yeah, was this wonderful. is, like,
1: I, one of my favorite toys to this day. I literally... Like my parents have been like moving stuff around, and they're like moving out of the house soon, so they're packing stuff. And I'm like, if you find that place set, please like give it to me. Mm-hmm. If not, I'll probably just order it somewhere. Yeah, it's probably it. on my eBay. Yeah, I will find and order it just for um, pure nostalgia reasons.
0: But The Wizard of Oz, I love. It's one of my favorite movies of all time too. Um, it's just, it is such a, it is such a comfort. One of
1: my favorite scenes, and I don't know if like this would deem like a favorite scene. Um it could be I love I think one of my favorite parts of the whole film is when Dorothy first meets Scarecrow. Yeah. Just like the dial- the well the chemi- like the chemistry between them. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um but also just like the dialogue. It's so smart and it's just like You did talk. Yeah.
0: I saw you move.
1: <laughs> um you sound like <laughs> Liz Gillies making yeah. fun of Victoria <laughs> Justice with that voice from Victoria.
0: I do sound like that, but that's also how she sounded in the movie.
1: Kind of, yeah, kind of, a little. Um, I like how she kind of probes Scarecrow to. She asks these questions because she does. She's first meeting him, and he's basically saying like, "I'm brainless. Like, I have like almost like, like I got no brain. Basically, like." Almost like devaluing his own worth, and she sees the worth within him. And yeah, that's
0: like, the thing about Dorothy. Is she she brings, sees it in other people.
1: Yeah, she brings all these characters together and sees worth within all of them. Um, they can't see in themselves. They they, can. She kind
0: of proves to them firsthand. She's just like, no, you do have a brain, you do have a heart, you are brave.
1: And honestly, of course, it's very different from the novel. If you read the novel, I have. It's very different. But the film adaptation is still fantastic.
0: Well, she's aged up. She's like twelve. Well, no,
1: just like the plot and everything. So oh, that's there's a it. lot of characters that are missing. Like, there's a. L- oh yeah. It's very different.
0: They made the shoes red. Yeah. But that was to show off all the technicolor, technicolor. stuff because they were like silver. That's gonna be boring. Yeah. We're gonna make them red. red. They made them iconic. Baby. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the silver ones would have been as. They wouldn't as iconic. have been. And then I don't know if the Cinderella shoes would have been as iconic.
1: it's very true (gasps) so there's just like a lot of great oh the other scene I always think of anytime I think of that movie I just think in the wicked witch's voice when she's like poppies
0: poppies would make them sleep I used to think she was saying puppies (laughs) and then I was like what the they're just in a field of flowers I don't get it I didn't I didn't know what poppies were
1: I didn't either so I was like
0: poppy seed muffin
1: I I when I heard like I like I literally just couldn't correlate poppies yeah to flowers to even like i couldn't even think of like a poppy seed and like put like do the like mental math i was sitting there um my my grandpa and my dad's side we call him poppy so like i think that's as a little kid (laughs) that's what confused me i'm like you're
0: like oh my grandpa's in this movie (laughs) that's sick like i like i don't
1: know how to explain it like that was like the only like form of poppy that was coming to my head i was like wait what else does this
0: mean that's what would make them sleep Sleepy and then, the, girl. and then,
1: like the toxic snow falling from above—that's yeah. so thick and heavy—and like you know, like, all right, I'm out. You know, like God forbid, one those actors swallowed it on accident. They'd be rushed to the ER in like two minutes because that stuff was just deteriorating from the inside. Yeah. Uh old Hollywood. Yeah, baby. And all the problems on that set. Yeah, we're not gonna get into it, but just, just like, let alone, just like, let's just posit it. We'll end it on this note. All the costuming problems. Horrifying.
0: Yeah. We could probably do a whole episode on The Wizard of Oz, honestly.
1: We really could. I could talk about I, The amount of useless knowledge I know about that film. Yeah. From, obviously, watching it to death, doing my own research, and then reading books about it. So disgusting. Much.
0: Disgusting. All right. Next category is an animated comfort film. So, this mm. could be either, like, an adult animated movie. It could also be one from childhood. Um, could be claymation.
1: Which was the question I asked That's last night. for stop motion. Yeah, so I, I Facetime Kay and I was like, I have a serious question. So for the animation category, I'm like, can it be like stop motion? She's like, yeah, like claymation stop motion? I'm like, yeah. She's like, yeah. I, yeah. like, I just, like, yeah. Well,
0: it's not live action, so. Exactly.
1: Animation. Yeah, I was just like, I didn't know how particular we were going to be. So, like, I like to, you know, it's the perfectionist within me. I got to make sure, like, all my all my ducks are in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, so, mine that I chose is Kiki's Delivery
0: Service Ooh, from 1989. I see
1: that film, and I want to so badly. Directed by Hayao Miyazaki.
0: Well, you have HBO Max, don't you? I know it's on there, yeah. All of the Ghibli movies are on HBO Max. You gotta they get it. Your girl, Kristen Dunst, she voices Kiki in, I the, know. American du- in the American, the English dub. Yes american oh my god i'm so
1: ethnocentric and the um, the from drake and josh when he says south america south america America. america
0: um it's another like visual feast of a film and not just because of the bread aspect
1: that was great visual feast. i love
0: a visual feast i love a sumptuous feast for the eyes um this is true of like every studio ghibli movie but like the worlds that Miyazaki creates are so like lived in and loved mm. and they're like tangible and yet so dreamlike um maybe that's just what Japan is like I don't know I've never been <laughs> and I don't want to be like one of those people <laughs> who like they post on Twitter like pictures <laughs> of Japan they're like oh my god it's just like anime in real life what? what? <laughs> what? Not the thing? yeah it's just peop- like oh god it's like what if you were to post like, pictures of, like, New York City or, like, New Jersey, and you're like, ah, uh, just like the Sopranos in real life.
1: <laughs> yeah, basically.
0: Um, I love Kiki. Of, you know, she's a protagonist. Um, she, I can really relate to her struggle of, you know, coming to know herself and adapting to change. She's has to do this year alone um, as a witch. Um, in a new city where she doesn't know anybody. How
1: old is her character supposed to be? I
0: think she's supposed to be like thirteen. Okay. So she's young.
1: Yeah. Um, she's
0: quite lonely in her new life, and the audience becomes like her closest friends, except for her cat Gigi, of course.
1: Ah, uh, Meta.
0: Yeah, I love how their names are Kiki and Gigi. That's It's cute. like how me and my cat are Kay and Ray. Oh my god.
1: That was planned.
0: It wasn't, but. Um, <laughs> her journey in the movie is like an understated slow build making it a great film to watch casually or like by yourself um i just love it it's so comforting to me because it's you know so it's not even low stakes necessarily but like it's more of a character journey which makes it more comforting and it lets you come to know and understand her and the world she lives in um and you always kind of know what's going on, so it's just comforting in that sense, whereas in some of the other um, Studio Ghibli films, I have gotten confused or like a little disoriented. Um, definitely Princess Mononoke is not comforting. It's extremely dark. Um, but other movies like Ponyo and Howl's Moving Castle and Spirited Away are all also comforting, but some of them are a little bit more layered pieces where you're like mm-hmm. I don't know
1: what's going on <laughs> Peggy backing off of um just a comment you made before that I think is like so like it just like something sparked in my brain when you're saying oh this is like a great film like a comfort film to watch um at like your your own like leisure or like especially by yourself let us highlight the point of what it means to watch a movie by yourself versus a crowd of people like if you invite, yeah. a f- invite uh, like, more intimate when you like pre-pandemic when like if you had a bunch of people over for a movie night mm-hmm. horrifying because everybody's talking oh my and God.
0: i hate it's like when you shoot the movie and you're like no guys pay attention to this part of page and they're like all that was... thing, and i'm like guys i'm gonna have to rewind it
1: <laughs> so like sick sickness mm. also like yeah you, it's just the fear of they won't appreciate it the same way as you and you're just like mentally melting down within
0: yeah, and so when you watch a movie by yourself, it's just that much more comforting. Yeah, it's like there's it's no, like, you don't have to worry about the expectation of the other people that you're with. It's just you can allow yourself to feel whatever you want to feel.
1: So I need to tell you a really short, funny story um, that pertains to watching in larger groups. So um, younger Craig, preteen, like preteen, like 12 years old, when I'd have people, like a bunch of people, over to do stuff. Um, And a lot of it feeds into my OCD, too, which is, like, a huge, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, basically roadblock for me. Um, So when I would have people come over my house, I would make an itinerary.
0: That's something I would do, but
1: that's not because I have OCD.
0: It's because I'm a Virgo.
1: And I would, like, write it out, though, Mm -hmm. and, like, buy like like, the hour, and things wouldn't go... course according to itinerary and i'd have like a literal mental breakdown Not in mm-hmm. front of the people but i like walk upstairs and i like go to my parents and like vent to them and be like these dumb bitches aren't listening to what i want to do
0: i did the same type of stuff in high school and then my though. parents
1: were like you can't control people you can't make them do what you want to do and like it took me a while again like the ocd within me especially when we would like watch films or a tv show and i sat them down and i wanted them to appreciate it and that come you were like but like wait everyone like watch this part yeah literally me oh my i do this still i'm like wait like even if i'm with like three... yeah where i'm
0: like the night isn't gonna go according to plan if you guys don't pay attention at this part because then we can't talk about it later Yeah, you guys will have missed it because you guys we are idiots have these long lasting um, memories of this event yes the way that i planned it i and can like, literally what? have like
1: one or two people over like literally and still to this day or like go to someone's place and we're watching a movie and like that part's coming up i'm like okay so i'll like preface like I know you're on your phone right now, right they're trying to talk to me, about like, shut the fuck up because this part's really important, yeah. and it will take place later in the film, and you'll see why. So I, I try to like, still, it, it's bad. I know.
0: If um, in the live action Cat in the Hat, if the cat were to do that thing to me that he does to the kids, I would get the same one as Sally that says control freak. Yeah. Because I am a, con- I am a control freak, and like when she's doing <laughs> that itinerary at the beginning, yeah, where she's like, be more spontaneous. That's way too relatable for me. <laughs> that was like the list that I made of goals for myself, and one of them is just like learn more about trains. Any <laughs>
1: trains. I just think it'd be good knowledge. Learn more me. about the L I R R. I'm not learning about the L I
0: R R, but.
1: Okay. Um. Anyways, um. So for my animated film of choice, I'm really curious if you know this film. Um, it's definitely like, I don't want to be like, it's low key, but like, some people were probably like, what the fuck is that? Um, I was severely obsessed as a child. Here comes Peter Cottontail.
0: I don't know if I've ever seen that. From
1: 1971, directors, uh, Jules Bass and Arthur Rankin Jr.
0: Oh, it's a Rankin Bass. Yeah.
1: Okay. So obviously, you know, they're the y- Christmas movies. I know. Yeah. All the, those are um, like my favorite Christmas Frosty the Snowman. Um, I think, like, Here Comes Santa Claus.
0: Yeah, Year Without a Santa Claus, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. They didn't do that one, actually. They didn't? They
1: didn't do Rudolph. I think they They probably were involved, it, maybe, yeah, yeah, but they w- didn't interact. They weren't it. the main people, yeah. Um, so as a little kid, I had a weird obsession with Easter. I think that was my favorite holiday.
0: It's a nice time of year. And yeah. And, like, you get... Candy without having to go to people's doors
1: Uh, yeah i but like you know obviously it's not people's first choice for favorite holiday
0: no maybe some catholics
1: and i so like growing up technically i was roman catholic as a kid but Mm -hmm. like we did not participate in religion whatsoever at that point in my life so like i had no religious affiliation with easter to me it was just a bunny and yeah the eggs and yeah and yeah the springtime i was just i had a weird obsession with easter So, of course, I fell in love with this movie. I Again, this was a movie I probably watched almost every single day as well. I want to say I had it in some form, whether it was DVD or um, VHS. I had it in some type of form and would watch it religiously. So I actually watched it last night for the first time in so long because I'm like, you know, I need to see if it still hits the same. It really does. It's still fantastic. The guy's
0: creepy. I'm like Who? just looking at stills. Wait, I don't know.
1: There's some dude in it.
0: Is he a narrator?
1: Is it Mr. Sassafras? This guy? It's Mr. Sassafras.
0: Yeah, he's scary.
1: Um, he seems you think he's scary, but he's no, he's pretty chill. He just narrates it. Um honestly, Iron Tail is a bad bitch. He's a little bit dark. Is that the bunny? Yes, that is the bunny. Oh, Iron he's voiced by Vincent Price. Yes. That's dope. Um Oh, the how could I even forget the voice actor who plays Peter Cottontail? If you want to say, if you find his name, Casey chasm Yes, he um is basically the OG Shaggy from Scooby Doo. I can
0: see that. Look at
1: that. Yeah. Oh, so, he died in
0: 2014. Already. Yeah, it was recently.
1: So, like when I was watching the movie last night, his voice sounded so familiar. I was mm. like, oh my god, this sounds like Shaggy, kind of from Scooby Doo. And then I started afterwards. I was like, oh. So basically, for those who do not know the tale of Peter Cottontail. Um, basically, it's, you know, there's some undermined political messages in the film, which is kind of, yeah. Um, so basically Peter Cottontail is this bunny character who's irresponsible and kind of prideful and like just young and arrogant.
0: Is he supposed to be like Peter Rabbit?
1: I don't know, but basically. Because that's like the same
0: thing as Peter Rabbit.
1: He is supposed Mm -hmm. to take over. For the easter bunny and be the official easter bunny mm-hmm. um but irontail is a bit jealous and he brings out the bylaws and he's like anyone could like take basically the spot and it turns into a competition between him and peter contail mm-hmm. and this mofo decides to um ruin his competition and he <laughs> so what he does is go to peter's house at night and gives his alarm rooster some magic bubblegum. So then he can't wake him up in the morning. And he misses out on Easter and doesn't deliver the eggs. So Iron Tail wins, but it's okay because Sassafras gives him a time machine mm-hmm. to fix his mistake. And it's really fun because he goes through all the different holidays and he I has could to be basically...
0: that he had like a little Santa beard on. Yeah, too.
1: he goes through all the holidays and he has to learn to adapt and how he can find ways to deliver Easter eggs that aren't on Easter. It's so entertaining. It's so wholesome. It's so nostalgic. It brings me right back to my childhood. Um, I, like, uh, it. it is the pure definition of comfort. Like, just watching it again last night, it made me just so happy. And there was so much I remembered, too, which was, like, kind of crazy. Um, but, yeah, for all the views at home, I highly recommend. It's the perfect film for any time of year. It doesn't have to just be Easter.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm I might watch it at some point.
1: It's on YouTube. Oh, just, on YouTube. That's, that's what I just said. I went on YouTube and found the whole film right perfect, there. Yeah. Perfect,
0: perfect, perfect. Um, okay, so the next category is an unconventional comfort film. And by that I mean maybe it's not other people, it's not comforting to other people, or just like you wouldn't think it would be a comforting film, but it is. I think mine, to some, a certain type of person it is, and to that I mean like, Mentally ill um, in their early 20s. like
1: Yeah, mine is definitely unconventional.
0: Queer girls. Um, <laughs> uh,
1: my, th- th- what a trope.
0: And so that movie is <laughs> Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure from 1989, directed by Stephen Herrick, starring Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter. Have you seen this? I have
1: not. Okay.
0: So, I mean, it also deals with time travel. And so Bill and Ted have to... They're tasked with... Did coming... they not
1: come out with a sequel recently, or they're coming out with a no, sequel Facebook soon? No, Face the
0: Music, yeah, that came out last year. I have not watched it yet. Okay. I've watched this one, Bogus Journey, some of the animated series.
1: Um, oh, so the, it's like a whole...
0: It's Well, because it's based off of comics. Marvel oh. comics, I think, technically. Yeah, I,
1: see, I... So it's
0: I, technically I, the MCU, it's not. But... Totally out of my... Wheelhouse, yeah. Yeah. But in, the, in this movie, Bill and Ted, they have to... Uh, Do a history report, or they're gonna receive F's for their history class and um, they're gonna get in trouble essentially. Each of them have different stakes set up, and so with the help of George Carlin, who plays what's I don't know what his character's name is, he has like a one word, one name character name, but Mm. he gives them a like a time machine and they go. Back in time, and they meet all these historical figures, and they bring them with them into the twenty first century Ooh. or twentieth, I think, at the time. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a whole mess, and like they have like Napoleon,
1: of course. And it's Jean a Mark. mess. Have they not watched any time traveling movies? Chaos ensues. Wait, what year did this film come out? Eighty
0: nine. Yeah. It's... So this was like the height of like the the time travel. I was gonna mode. say Back to the Future, The 80s yeah. and like the nineties. Um, I truly do not know. Like, how this came to be a comfort film of mine, except I kind of do. Because I watched this for the very first time before I went to France, um, which I was very nervous to do. Um, France
1: changed you. It it did. Yeah.
0: I was only there for 10 days.
1: It changed changed you. Um, I was
0: very nervous about the flight. I get a lot of flight anxiety and just general travel anxiety. I was. Um, worried that I wasn't gonna get along with any of the other people who went on the trip, and I was gonna like be ostracized and like by myself. See, and... the
1: funny part is that's probably that would probably be the last.
0: Well, if you're in a foreign country worries. and you're like not getting along with any of the people who you're with, I
1: would just do my own thing Were you I' am to?
0: not that independent. Oh. Like I like to do things with other people, okay. especially when I'm in a different country. Um, I was also just scared about the idea of being so far from home, et cetera, et cetera. And I put it on in the hopes of distracting myself. And it worked. Um, it's a really fun movie. Keanu and Alex are so endearing in it. Um, it definitely ebbs and flows. There's parts where you're like, this is going on for too long. I can kind of zone out. And there's other parts where you're like, I want to watch this entire part. Um, at the end of the day, it's just it's just a comforting film to me. And it reminds me that we have to be excellent to each other. That is the main takeaway, just be the golden rule. excellent to each other. I love that. Air guitar.
1: <laughs> um,
0: So great. I put it on whenever I'm like, it's like now whenever I'm going to go on a trip, which I haven't in a very long time, but that summer also when I went to Italy, when I went to California, I put it on. I wonder
1: why you have fear of flights. You just keep going on them. <laughs>
0: I was going on a lot of flights that year. It was very stressful.
1: She's like, guys, my jet lag. Just, it, It's been a year, okay, during that year of flying, like, every yeah. time you came back.
0: I didn't have jet lag from, like, the California trip. I know. It with was a, like, I went to Florida. I was Florida. um, Italy, I had some jet lag, but the worst jet lag I had was when I came back from France and I had depersonalization going on and i'm Mm -hmm. freaking the fuck out if anyone has ever that's ever happened to them they know what i mean but like oh my god you truly feel insane um
1: but bill and ted
0: and i shortly thereafter got a bill and Ted for future
1: reference if i ever travel with you and we fly together what what do i need to do to help you remain calm
0: um just stuff melatonin down my gullet okay perfect and distract me
1: honestly fun story I used to be terrible with flying it doesn't bother me at all anymore but
0: like domestic flights I can do international freak me out it's the water
1: so you know like I just all flights in general used to freak me out when I was the last I mean I've been flying a lot since then but like the last time I remember where I was scared of it I had to be like 15 16 and I went to Disney with like my whole extended family I literally like like right before I think the plane took off I had a whole mental breakdown on the plane out loud in front of a bunch of people and I just remember I'm like basically flipping out about how we're all gonna die Mm -hmm. and my family was freaking out because they're like you need to calm down you're causing a scene like Mm -hmm. you need to stop before something happens it sucks yeah um but ever like literally like I do not blink an eye anymore. Like it's it's so weird I, It's how... definitely
0: gotten better. Um I, I really I wasn't afraid of flying until like I turned like 17, 18 and then I don't know something like clicked and I was just like I am terrified of this. This is terrifying. Um and I think it does come back to like my control issues where it's like I'm not in control. Everything of the is plane. out of your control. Yeah. I'm in this cramped little thing. I'm far like none you're of You're told to comforts. sit in a certain
1: place. You can't get Uncomfy. up. You're Ugh. told when you can get up, when you can't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It that makes sense. Stressful. Um,
0: I would rather always like drive or take a train somewhere
1: mm.
0: or walk, honestly. And I don't like both She said, either. "I
1: will walk a thousand miles."
0: You know, I would walk a thousand miles. I would. I um, would for
1: Vanessa Carlton any day. <laughs>
0: um. But yeah,
1: Bill and Ted. So my unconventional film.
0: Why
1: Why the sigh? It's it's quite unhinged. It's, okay. You're, any listener who's going to listen to this is going to be like, there's something deeply wrong with you. Well, we all know that already. Yeah. Um. But when I mean, like, I wholly mean, like, comfort to the most extreme of the word. Like, I, I sit back and watch this movie, and it brings me solace. It's the 2006 version of When a Stranger Calls never seen that so the original oh, i'm so bad with dates i think the original one came out in 1971 that's going to be my hot guess honestly it's not that great the way it's structured and everything because uh, everyone like raves about the original because i uh, i just i mean like just in general the originals generally are better mm-hmm. um but i i remember watching and i wasn't a fan i it was kind of boring to me like the whole plot and the way they structured it, there was a lot of action within the very beginning. And then like a little bit in the middle and the very end. And there was just a lot of like just changing of characters and storylines like throughout the original, where the 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 updated one was more solidified. The updated version definitely has a really bad rotten tomato um rating. Definitely does not have the best letterbox rating either. However, I will die on this hill. I think it is a fantastic um, thriller film. I uh, so it's directed by uh, Simon West. I love the setting just there was just so much about the film I think between the setting uh the scoring is really fantastic um what else like I'm just like losing my thought right now also the lead Camilla Bell obsessed with her she's fantastic she's beautiful she's my girl crush um,
0: oh Anya she, Taylor-Joy you have been replaced.
1: no oh my god Anya will never be replaced Anya will always she's be like
0: everyone's girl crush
1: but I girl crushed on her first oh, so I, I will gatekeep Anya because all these fakes coming <laughs> out of the woodworks because <laughs> so of I'm not Queen's Gambit bitch have you ever watched a little movie called Thorough's Bread probably not such a. I know I am. <laughs> I'm the worst. It's oh, a you haven't
0: seen thoroughbreds. Okay, you haven't seen her her best then.
1: And they probably didn't see it in theaters either. So, flip okay, it. I'm
0: classist.
1: All right, class. Not everyone
0: can afford to go to
1: the movies. All right, drag me. I will. As you should. Anyways, back to when a stranger calls. Um, I think I w- I think it's safe to say I was probably also one of the first like what unquote" scary movies i watched i was probably 12 mm. um perfect age for scary movies yeah and actually this the the plot of the movie is based on folklore which is really interesting
0: oh i think you told me about
1: this yeah so like the whole the babysitter trope right within like horror genre is folkloric in nature actually i forget exactly where it stems from originally but i um I was actually so the paper I'm writing for my grad class right now. I'm talking about um, the turn of the screw, which is Henry James' novella, and I'm exploring folkloric elements in there. And one of the articles I was reading actually did, I think, bring up this trope. It like talked about like horror and supernatural, and brought up the whole babysitter thing. Um, But it's so uncanny, it's so chilling, and it's so unnerving because it's all very realistic. Like this is something, and it comforts you yeah it's something that could happen to anyone it's yeah. the you know the concept of i guess i guess the stranger is the serial killer like mm-hmm. no, i've seen this movie a million times i'm trying, trying to think back yeah he's a serial killer um and he picks his targets are always babysitters that uh, he knows that are going to be alone and it's the whole psychology of like the cat and mouse play between like the victim and the predator um but i again i will keep bringing it up the setting the house in which they filmed a lot of it was like a set that they created was beautiful because it's supposed to be like this mansion and it's like all glass windows like the whole house is basically glass which adds to like the eeriness of it Mm -hmm. um i don't know it's just such like a fun little roller coaster of a film it is comforting because again it's like one of the first scary movies i ever watched and it's like cheesy by this but it is kind of cheesy in ways but there's definitely jump scares in there um, actually really funny, Diana Agron makes, like, a really small, like, two-second appearance in the film as, like, I think she's, like, credited as, like, a cheerleader. Wow. Yeah, like, literally. Wow, sim-
0: cheerleader? Typecast wow. much? <laughs> Typecast
1: match? Like, the smallest, like, role, like, it's literally on, she's on screen for, like, two seconds, and she's credited as that, because I remember when I was younger and I was watching, I was like, wait, is that Diana Agron? And I'm like, what? Queen, what? queen behavior showing up in a film like this. Mm. Um, and again, like what's so fun about the movie, it's such a big house. It's a mansion, but it's also the, claustropho- the claustrophobia of that, like the, the unsettling fearing of feeling of being watched. And then, of course, like the whole, um, you know, the famous tagline, like, well, have you checked the children? But then also the other one is like, when, like we trace the callers coming from inside the house. Kind of inside the house.
0: <laughs>
1: like, imagine being in that situation. Horrifying. I would just run yeah like i i nestle up in like a nice toasty blanket and watch this and find this comfort Uh, yeah that's the one thing about that film that like pisses me off to no end i mean it just means she's great at her job and she's a good human and good babysitter she like literally helps them through and through and they kind of are i mean they're kids but they're like screaming and freaking out and i'm like you're literally giving yourselves away like you're asking for death
0: that's the whole like marta kind of a complex where it's just like she's just so good at her job and she's a good person and that's why she's our protagonist. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, maybe you, you are a little... uh
1: And I I had a narrow... <laughs> okay, w- let's talk about the fact. I had to narrow this down. I had a lot of horror films in the conventional. I don't think and,
0: I had any horror movies in my entire list.
1: I think my other one was um the second Nightmare on Elm Street film. Oh, Particularly for the for second revenge. one and I was putting that in unconventional not sequel even though it fits obviously both but that movie's so queer it's very comforting.
0: Yeah, I have a lot of dark movies but none of them are like explicitly horror on mm. my overall comfort list. Like I have Beetlejuice. Oh, um what we do in the shadows so and like First Reformed which is dark
1: but it's not like literally me sitting here for a second and I'm like is Beetlejuice dark? And I'm like oh wait, yeah, it's very dark. It's
0: a it's like a Halloween movie. It's not really dark. I mean people die.
1: Well, it is. Yeah, like, I think it is. It's camp. Yeah. It's it's comedic in nature, but, yeah. like, the premise, like... The dark comedy, I, yeah, I guess. Yeah, for sure.
0: I, I like movies. but Anyway, my last film, and this is my all-time... As I say, you got to announce the, the, that category. The category is your all-time comfort film. So, like, this is the movie you put on when you need comfort. Yeah. And this is definitely that for me. Um, And it is... Little Miss Sunshine.
1: It's not Pride and Prejudice?
0: I (laughs) didn't... It's... Honestly, it's both of them. Yeah. But because Pride and Prejudice is like... Depression. No, it's like one of my top five films of all time. Mm. I figured let's put my other one on here, which is still like in my top ten. But um, anyway, Little Miss Sunshine from 2006, directed by Jonathan Dayton and Valerie Farris. I've still
1: yet to see this film. It is... In a while... I'll lend you my DVD of it. Yeah, please, because... I had a few people actually in my life come up to me when I worked at the coffee shop a few years back. And like one or two people have told me, you look like you look like you look just like this person from the film Little Miss Sunshine. I don't know who they're talking about.
0: they're talking about Paul Dano's character, but I don't quite see it. Okay,
1: well, like they never showed me a picture and I'd never seen the film. They would just say the film, and I guess, the actor's name, but I don't remember. It's like, oh, cool, thanks. And I never pursued it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. You maybe have like the same face shape. Yeah, you do. Um, anyway. I watched this movie. This is like one of my first things that I logged on Letterboxd on um April sixteenth, twenty
1: nineteen. Wow.
0: I was having somewhat of a hard time in my life, having been confronted with a recent loss and dealing with just like general end of the semester stress. Um, and this movie really came through for me. I just remember watching it being like like feeling my brain
1: expand
0: expand like lighten up and like feeling the serotonin come yeah
1: that's a great feeling Uh,
0: um i watched it with like little expectations or knowledge of it only that it was about like a little girl entering a beauty pageant and that there was a van that's all i knew there is a van um what i got was a family comedy drama about like a winner versus loser mindset loss and community i I love the journey that the family goes on together, and the whole vibe of the film like feels like a hug and a guiding hand. Like it's just paced wonderfully, and all that stuff. Um, the characters are all flawed yet lovable. Every performance is earnest and wonderful. Um, like there's so many good performances in, in it. Like everyone in the family is great. Tony Collette, of course,
1: but Tony Collette. Or isn't she? Didn't we go through this recently? She's Australian, She's and we're Australian. like, what?
0: Yeah, don't don't think about it too long. Yeah. Um, the highs are high and the lows are low, and the film like lets us sit in all of them, like you wouldn't in, in real time almost. Mm. Um, and like let us it lets us feel those emotions and like process them. Um, it's just such a wonderful film, one of my favorites of all time, and. It's definitely, like, the movie that I turn on whenever I feel lost or sad. Like, if I just want to watch something because I want something on in the background, that's, like, Pride and Prejudice. Mm. Or if I'm, like, I want to feel euphoria, I put on Pride and Prejudice. When I need help, (laughs) when I'm feeling really sad and lost, like, I put on Little Miss Sunshine.
1: She said, why go to therapy when I have Little Miss Sunshine?
0: I got Little Miss Sunshine for, like, $3.00. I think I actually bought it from Book Review. They oh, used I, to have was, used DVDs. Yeah,
1: I was gonna be like, oh my god, did you get a blockbuster? No, 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 no. I have so many DVDs from Blockbuster for, <laughs> for when they were going out of business. Oh really? Yes.
0: I don't think we went. I think they were like out of a lot of the good ones when they were going out of business, and I was like, mm. um, I've gotten a lot of DVDs from like savers and bookstores mm. or thrift stores. Um. If you search through them, they've usually got a lot of good popular stuff they and a do. bunch of like weird sequels, and always like a few seasons of Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, and I'm like, who the fuck is buying Grey's Anatomy? <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my all-time comfort film. I love it so much.
1: That's so fun. I, I need to watch it soon. I'll lend you the DVD. Yes, I look forward to it. Um, so my all-time comfort film, I think you you. You said it very well. It's one of those films that you could just put on to brighten your day or whatever's happening. You could you could watch that movie over and over again. You don't get sick of it. Mm-hmm. And if if anything, you're enhanced by the performances. Um my favorite comfort film of all time is the two thousand ten classic Easy A. I
0: love Easy A. It
1: is it's one of my favorite movies for a reason. It is so the it's directed by uh, Will Gluck, um, which is honestly probably one of his best directional films. What
0: else has he directed?
1: Funny enough, I think he actually directed Peter Rabbit. <laughs> oh, since like you, the new one? Yeah. Since you brought it up, James Corden's in that, right? Yeah,
0: he is. <sighs> you yeah. know, you know what? I don't hate that one. That's what, probably one of my most unpopular film opinions, but I, I have not But that like, movie. I think it's because I just love Donald Gleason so much, mm, and he's great in it.
1: I want to say he directed, what's the film with Justin Timberlake and Mila Kunis.
0: Is that Friends with Benefits, or is it No Strings Attached? I think that one's Friends with Benefits.
1: I can just look this up easily. Me being like, let's play Gus the Film, and we have Letterboxd at our disposal. Waiting for the day, honestly, that we get, you know, sponsored oh, the
0: letterbox sponsorship. Ugh. I want the hat.
1: I would live. Oh, same. It's um, like a, it's a yes. You're it's right.
0: A sign to show everybody stay S- stay away from me. Status,
1: <laughs> um, friends with benefits. Yeah, so yes. So he directed that. Good. Um, he directed Fired Up. I don't know what that one. Is. Oh my goodness! It's from 2009. It's a cheerleading film. It's like a comedy. Um, what? I just remember because they like go to. It's like um these two football guys who are, I think are crushing on this girl, and they want to get closer to her, so they, like, sign up for, like, this cheer camp with her, um, and, because it's, yeah. it's called F.U. I'm, like, fired up. Ha ha. Ha ha. Um, he also directed the new Annie.
0: Oh, with Colabajan A. Wallace?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, Easy A is obviously a modern adaptation of The Scarlet Letter. Yes. Um, ugh. Nathaniel Go Hall- Boss. Girlboss. <laughs> Literally, and Nathaniel Haw- Hawthorne just owns my heart. I just love him as a writer. I don't
0: know if I've did he re- uh, write Young Goodman Brown? Yes, that's the only thing I've ever read by him.
1: I that is one of my favorite short stories. It's a I... really good short story. So much fun. I just love Nathaniel Hawthorne. I love what they did with a modern adaptation of a classic um, literary novel. It's
0: I love when they take uh, an old, not old novel, but like. Like literary classic, and they said it in high school. Mm-hmm. It's guaranteed to like. It's guaranteed, love it. even if it sucks, I'm gonna love it. It's
1: guaranteed to bring serotonin into this brain, mm-hmm. Um especially Easy A. You know, you have Emma Stone, who is just witty. Olive Pendergast is one of my comfort characters too. She's on my yeah. comfort character list. Mm-hmm. Um She's just an. En- I almost said an enigma. She's not an enigma. She's no. just. She is that girl. She is that girl. Um, she's so she's so
0: effortlessly cool yes. Wow. Cannot she is
1: effortlessly cool she is smart she is calculating mm-hmm. she is girl boss gatekeep gaslight repeat rinse repeat But she's
0: not she is a she is a good person no she's she has just... a heart but
1: like it, this is her reputation era she
0: <laughs> it is it is
1: <laughs> um what i love the ugh. I need to name the rest of the cast while I'm at it because so fantastic. You also have Amanda Bynes. You have mm-hmm. Stanley Tucci. You have Lisa Kudrow. Um, you have Fred Armisen's in it.
0: I forgot that he was in it when we were watching together. All of a sudden, I go <gasps> Fred
1: Armisen. Yep. Um, you have what's his? Uh, I'm blanking on someone.
0: The guy who plays the the teacher, the English teacher.
1: No. Um, who plays? <sighs> So, yeah, Patricia Patricia Clarkson who plays Olive's mom. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, another iconic actress. Actress. Um, just the chemistry between Patricia and Stan Tucci in this movie.
0: I want them to be my parents. I know they're so, so great. good.
1: Um, but my favorite. Oh, and Ali Mashaka from Ali and AJ. Of course, I love this. Yes. I love Ali and AJ. Another reason why I love this film so much. Um, it is. So the, without Amanda Bynes, this film would not be this film. Marianne Bryant is the catalyst of this film. She, one of my favorite scenes is the beginning scene when they're in the bathroom, um, and there's a little confrontation between the three of them. And Ali Mashaka's is like, "What you looking at, Sister Christian?" She's like, and then she's like, "Just a couple of admitted whores." And like, just
0: a couple of admitted whores, and then
1: like shakes her hands to dry them and walks out. Like her character is just Christian camp, mm-hmm. and when they do the their Christian circle and sing their hymns, yeah. and like
0: does it? It's it's just such a good. It's so well written and well acted. It's so
1: funny because it it definitely pokes at religion and like puts a little pin in their balloon because it really does showcase this dichotomy of you know religious. Um, conservative people are there to save you but they're also your worst enemy and they're there to um kind of put you down at the same time mm-hmm. they're there to save you but they're also there to protest you yeah. not now quiznos not now quiznos i
0: love i think that was my <laughs> that's your letterbox review. reviewed I, wa- I, I, <laughs> I love that line. i go on your
1: letterbox pretty frequently i want you okay. to know that <laughs> Um, a stalker? yeah, or? I am a stalker. Um, and I always go to that review because it just brings a smile to my face. I have some good reviews, and then the lie. best part is after that, she's like, Not now, Quiznos, and he's like, You're a slut, Olive. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's so good the acting, the writing, also the color palette and the cinematography. It's there, the editing is great, too. It is, um, and also the not only the chemistry between her parents, Penn Badgley and um, mm-hmm. Emma Stone are really great together, too.
0: He's such a fun love interest because, like, he's not kind of there the whole time. Yes. And he's not, like, the typical love and interest. And he's not
1: sweeping her off her feet, either. He's it's just... so
0: normal. Yes. And it's like... But it's still... It still gets me.
1: And what I love about it, even though, like, this movie came out over 10 years ago, it's still very modern. And I...
0: It's kind of timeless. Yes, I like. and I feel
1: like it plays on the issues of um, sexual politics and gender, and what's so fascinating too, I think one of uh, such a um, pivotal scene in the film is when she goes out with um, that guy, I forget his name, who's mm-hmm. into her her friend Rhiannon. Who
0: plays the one guy in Sky High. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: Yes. Um, so she goes on a date with him and she sees her friend, and she, like it hits all of, she's like, oh my god, like Rhiannon would be so upset if she found out. She'd be so devastated. Like I would never want her to do this to me. I would never want to do this to her. And she kind of comes to her senses, and she's leaving. And he tries to be super grimy with her, mm. and then like makes a comment of, "Well, like I already paid you."
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and it's that whole idea. I think it fits into the narrative of like, um, bodily autonomy. Yeah. Being able to do what you want.
0: You don't owe anyone. You don't owe body. anyone anything.
1: And also, she does it clearly to make a statement and that's Mm -hmm. what she jokes about it the whole film and like when her teacher notices when the guidance counselor notices when her parents notice she's like oh i'm just she makes light out of it it's like i'm just really trying to get into that extra credit like i'm trying to get into the assignment and feel for the character of you know hester print um to an extent yeah that sounds like olive's character that's something she would do because she's so like studious and psychotic unhinged in the best beautiful way but then also it's she's trying to prove a point to herself by doing this mm-hmm. um, and it's the idea of she's proving it to herself not to prove to anyone else Um and it's it just it the plot moves so like it has great pacing and just the way it ends Ugh. I can go. I, I could go on about this yeah. movie forever, but I'm gonna shut up. I love it so much. I also love that movie. So. Really, super quick. I I'm just curious. We'll do like really briefly. Um, did you have like an honorary, comfort film mention? Because I had one that I wanted to. I don't know. In.
0: Just my entire list. I feel like let me take a quick look. Yeah, at it go for it. If there's it. anything I really want to point out, um, you know what? There's like. I'll say this.
1: Because I had one that didn't fit in a, into not, a category.
0: Not movies. Okay. But it is something that you, you watch. Okay. And it's not a TV show either. And that is like all of John Mulaney's stand-up specials. Yes. Those I'll watch okay. also for comfort. Um, I love John Mulaney. Yeah. So. Everyone does. Yeah. He's great. That would be like my.
1: My honorary mention, um, I want to say it's from 2006, I'm blanking, and I'm not going to look because I want to just be really brief, is Penelope.
0: (gasps) I love Penelope. That is,
1: I never vocalize it enough, but it's- You should. Yeah, it's one of my favorite films. It's not listed, and mm-hmm. I don't even know what I gave it on Letterboxd. Probably I didn't give it as much as I wanted to give it.
0: It uh, it's like a five star in my heart. Yes. I know that it's not the best film, but yes. I love it. So it's much.
1: five stars in my heart, but like on paper, probably like three, three and a half. Yeah, probably like three and a half. Um Christina Ricky mm-hmm. and Catherine is in it. And yes. James McAvoy. And
0: James McAvoy. Oh boy
1: and Reese Witherspoon Yeah
0: and Peter Dinklage
1: yes the, the, the Are you
0: kidding <laughs> the Cast they oh fed God. us
1: Also I think it's just a really great message And they do it in such oh, a unique yeah.
0: This was a that was a very formative movie for me
1: Same I was how old was I Wait it, I want to say 2006 was right Yeah if, I think that's about right so I had to Be 10 yeah I was 10 in 2006
0: I was like 8
1: seven. yeah And I, I saw it in theaters I do Remember I, didn't,
0: I think we, we rented it from Blockbuster. I remember
1: seeing it in theaters um, and I remember being like, I was just like, wow, like I mean, I was too young to get like probably some of it because I I didn't.
0: Also, I thought she was really cute with the pig nose.
1: Oh, well, Christina Ricky's beautiful. She's so, so cute. she could literally pull anything off.
0: I was just like, she looks fine. Yeah, I, I would get over it. But
1: it's so again, this goes into the whole like the timelessness of a film of how it's literally just talking about beauty standards and like what we hold people up to and Self-love. you know, yeah, um, sense. and like. Yeah. It it, it's such a honestly, the um costume designing and the Mm. setting like the set design for that film were phenomenal. So charming. So charming, so whimsical, so fun, so beautiful. I love the swing in her room. Yes. I was so jealous. And the cute little red tray. Like none of Mm. this is talked about enough. Mm. And I've had enough of that. Yeah. Go watch Penelope if you have not watched Penelope. Go watch Penelope. Do yourself a favor. Bring serotonin to your brain. Bring it to others. Just let's spread love right and positivity. Yeah, I think we'd be in a better world. I think if everyone watched Penelope, all wars would cease.
0: Probably, yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I'm. I am. I'm stating it as fact until otherwise proven. <laughs> I think that's
0: it. we can put that theory to the test. Yes. Anyway. Anyways. So that's the end of this episode. That is the end. Um. Be sure to follow us on our socials. We're at Rage of the Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Our Gmail is pod at gmail.com. Dot com. If you want to email us any suggestions, feedback, etc. Um, we're always open to all that stuff. And I don't know. Anything else going on? You want to tell the besties about it or No.
1: Uh, not not really uh, oh I my, that know. that's sad so i like, uh, that mean no. that made it
0: sound like i was leading like i was like you know but i really
1: as if i have like fantastic news no
0: fantastic news everyone um, guys
1: I, mean... I don't know if you heard this but like i'm gonna be a film director i've got signed to my first film yeah no
0: yeah no that hasn't happened anyway anyways um all that being said i have been Kay.
1: I have been craig And And go go watch watch a goddamn goddamn movie. movie. Bye, guys. Goodbye, everyone.